Hey everybody, welcome back to Sex, Drugs, and the Epigenome. I am back again with Dr. Seeds. Another week, another topic that we're going to tackle today. One topic that I want to say is, well, I'll get to that in a second, but I feel like it's the topic of all topics because it starts all the other topics. That said, let me start with some announcements of what's happening, what's happening in the world of Dr. Seeds and the SSRP Institute. It is right over, oh, this side, this side, right over here, the Peptide World Congress 2022 happening in just a few short months, October 21st through the 22nd at the Four Seasons Hotel in Las Vegas. And that is going to be a sold out show. Please don't delay. Go and get your tickets now. It's going to be ssrpinstitute.org slash PWC. And you can take advantage of the early bird prices that are still going on. And I think they're going to expire at the end of August. So you still have some time to save money and be a part of the most amazing group of practitioners who will be giving the most cutting edge information for all of you health enthusiasts and, of course, practitioners out there looking to learn more about the science of peptides, but also the care of peptides. So this is going to be an amazing, amazing event. Last year's was Oh, gosh, the response from last year was just incredible. People were so energized and happy to be there. And of course, I think our biggest critique, Doc, do you remember, was it's too much information. So (laughs) you're going to get your medical money score. (laughs) That's for sure. Definitely come out. We have some amazing social events planned to meet the speakers and to speak with them directly. And of course, our Dr. Seeds is going to be there giving a couple keynote speeches on the latest happening in the medical world. That said, we also have the Cellular Medicine Mastermind happening December 2nd through the 3rd in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Join us virtually because I think the soul, uh, the in-person is now sold out as we always do with Dr. Seeds' masterminds. These are the next level masterminds where the new stuff comes out and uh we're the first place where medical research meets clinical practice. So that's definitely one to come to if you're a practitioner. Finally, Doc, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. is. We're just now talking about this because it was published a few weeks ago, but your second paper is just out. And I think I either forgot to include it in last week's um, announcements, but I've been sharing it like it's hot. Doc would love to kind of hear a quick description of what it was about. It was a paper that was specifically looking at really at the the cellular mechanisms of where we believe neurodegenerative disease such as Parkinson's uh, can be influenced by cellular redox, meaning how potentially changing or influencing what we may be talking about today, metabolism and improving cell redox, meaning just the oxidation and reduction of of reactions that happen in a cell. We have some informative ways of looking at the potential use of ketone esters and introducing some some other um, modalities and treatments that people can use without even, it's something, it's a resource that you can read and understand have a have a great understanding of the disease process of where we believe this is more of a mitochondrial disease and there's some signaling issues that occur and and we go into great detail um and it's a it's a wonderful review paper for people to put a lot together and not just with parkinson's but with mitochondrial issues in general that lead to significant issues in all disease processes and cancer and in aging so it just it, we just kind of pull out Parkinson's and talk about, um, and we look at it in a different way of where we feel we've already made inroads and in treatments and improved healthcare in these t- type of patients. And actually where that paper started uh, and has influenced uh, some clinical trials that now will go on. And our paper's only been out for a short period of time. So that's really exciting, just as our COVID paper did with ketone esters two years ago. So we've gained a lot of ground in in talking about a nutritional supplement that has such a significant influence on cell function that people can't ignore this anymore. And 
Um, we're just fortunate that we have, I have a good group of people, um, uh, you know, Bill Curtis and Patrick Gallagher and uh, uh, Dr. Madsen from uh, John Hopkins, who we, we all worked hard here in putting something together that made sense and that could have some real application um, in um, for everyone, not just physicians, but people that are stricken with this disease process or other neurodegenerative problems or family members that can read and gather some good information. And, and that included with, you know, talking about exercise and chronobiology and a lot of things that make a lot of sense. Um, so we're very excited. It, it's a, it's a very lengthy paper, but it's, um, and it's in an excellent journal and we've gotten, uh, we've had tremendous feedback and just like we did, in fact, that brought up the issue of, um, you know, we had our first paper that was just uh, a paper came out of Bonn, Germany that took our paper two years later to the next level and validated some of the information that we threw in as, you know, at, at that time it was the beginning of COVID and we made a lot of significant statements and hypotheses of where we believe ketone esters could be very significant and useful. And this paper just came out here in 2022 that validated everything we said. So um, we've been very fortunate to get that credibility, you know, to the next level. Um, and, um, and that just adds more to our this next paper now on Parkinson's and, and really establishes, I think, our, our uh, judgment and, and our discussion on, on really setting the bar for, I think, under, uh, discussing and further collaborating now on where cell metabolism and immunometabolism kind of meet and how we can make things better for everyone. So very exciting, um, great to be on the research level, but also the transitional level on, in treating patients. And we're very fortunate to be on both sides of the game so we can bring the best to our patients. And um, that's what we do in the SSRP. You know, we're all about research and we're all about bringing it um, to the forefront. And um, I can't lead this if I'm not doing it myself and I'm not doing the work at the bench level and also at the, uh, uh, at the treatment level. So I think that just adds credibility to everything we're doing. And, um, and, and that's, that's exciting. It's really exciting because a lot of hard work and, and, um, I'm, you know, the, there was a new theory introduced, actually, the sentinel theory of superoxides, which is, I think, going to really take off. And, and that was Bill Curtis's original theory that was presented in Mastermind. I think it, it was the NAD sub, uh, summit we had where Bill introduced that concept. And then from that Mastermind, we went on and continued to develop that paper Bill, uh, with Bill's lead. And uh, so really exciting to see how that came through and yeah i could talk forever about that <laughs> sounds like and, it and you know just to add to that it was really humbling to hear you know when we were down in the ssrp meeting the just the certification course we were at and to listen to the faculty and hear um hear uh, juan bring up the point of, hey, look, if you want a really good review paper to go to and look at some of the basic mechanisms of, uh, and uh, pathways that are important, you know, look at that COVID paper because it really puts a lot together. And I was thinking, wow, well, you know, it does. It does have a lot of the mechanisms that we discuss continually in, in signaling pathways. So that was really great to just kind of continue to hear the the, the support that we desperately um want to push forward to all our everyone to know that this information is available and it's uh it's continuing to grow so just to add to that uh dr bautista said if you want to learn about the start of any disease process he said just read the abstract of dr z's first paper on it, it was ketones and parkinson's no 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 ketones and covid 
And he said, that's what you need to read. He said, not even the whole page. It's in the abstract. (laughs) So I will link it for anyone who is interested. I'll also link Dr. Seeds' latest paper that just came out that we're referring to, which happens to be a really happy coincidence because we're going to focus on that topic today. But before I do, everything that you hear and see today is all for information purposes only. Please refer to your physician for anything that you hear or see today. That said, Doc, okay, we've known each other for uh, five, six, maybe seven years. And uh, I've kind of, I, I feel like I've come to like this really, really cool epiphany of you. And just being able to be one of the lucky few to like follow you around and and see what you do. And before it was like, okay, well, he's focusing everything on, on how the cell makes energy, but that's not true. What I, what I realized was that how how you're, you're focused on even thing before that. And that is the metabolism. And I've always known metabolism as, okay, that's the thing that you have to worry about to not get fat. But it goes well beyond that. And while I was researching some base information for this episode, apparently it's it, it was a very like unpopular thing. It wasn't very sexy to research even until recently. And Doc, you've been doing this for decades. So again, just ahead of the game, right? So <laughs> the phrase you are what you eat takes on a whole new meaning, I think I hope in today's episode, which is all about metabolism. And it's specifically that cell metabolism. So I like to start, Doc, with the first question as to why metabolism, even early on, before it was sexy, before it was like the trend in medical research, how why was it so critical in your work and the care of your patients and your future research? You just stuck with it. Well, I I think the basic understanding was, you know, or or I was always from day one. I mean, let me just let me bring this up again. I mean, this was back in my teens when I had, you know, I was very fortunate. I had a tremendous relationship with my father. We were we were the best of friends and I had the most admiration for him. And he was my training partner. And I thought he was the epitome of health and we were up uh, up on a uh, track jogging and at a very young age, my father died right in front of me and, and I had no ability to do anything about it. And it was a devastating and still is a devastating process in my brain um, to really handle. And, and I still, ups- it's, it still upsets me just visual you know visualizing it i can see it vividly right now where i had no i could do nothing about it and that actually that moment that time was the starting point for me to begin my journey in figuring out what how did this happen why did this happen and what could you know i i thought we were doing everything right. He was exercising. We were running. Um, why did it not work? And why could I do nothing to help him? So, you know, that's how a young person thinks then. And and luckily that was when I was still thought I was invincible and I could, you know, no one could tell me what I couldn't do. And that pushed me in a direction of where I started looking at really focusing on understanding how I basically thought in my head, well, we have to know more about why does something go wrong? You know, what we know why, how something works. Well, how does something go wrong? And so I guess then I had to learn why, how does a cell work? How does this process happen? And, and so that led me down these roads of really looking at uh, really getting focused in an area that I had no idea of the importance of it um and that was in biochemistry and um, molecular biology and things of pathways and cells and understanding what a cell's needs were and and really what i i want to tell you is literally from that day till today and will continue and will not stop i have never stopped reading and researching um, practically almost every day of my life. And that's a reality in my family. Everyone can tell you that that's part of my life is I do not stop learning. 
because I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't know very much, but I know enough to keep searching and looking for answers here. And, and so that, and that's all about the cell. And, and I developed this incredible, incredible respect for the understanding that the cell has this inherent intelligence that has been developed over millions of years to know how to fix itself if it has the ability to do that, if it has the right signaling and and how to handle and adapt to changes. You know, if you take, for example, what happened to my father and, and what happened when he died, you know, the, the cell, the body's reaction, was it wasn't adapting to his lifestyle. It wasn't adapting to what was occurring in his life. And things led to disease processes that led to his death. So what I needed to do was, all right, go back and figure out, well, how does the cell function in a healthy pattern and, and understand all those pathways? What, what make those things work? And so that's basically, you know, how I got my interest and it's never stopped. And it's the desire and the passion and the want to know more gets stronger every day. I keep looking at this and that is just, I feel like I'm blessed with that because I'm just excited every day to continue to learn about metabolism and where metabolism takes me is metabolism is ingrained with immunity with immune cells and and so we we've really harnessed you know what we thought was metabolism 40 years ago is completely changed today yet all the mechanisms are the same and that's what's so fascinating and and that's where it takes us to the next level of really harnessing this information and and bringing it to the patient and bringing this research to the patient and making their health better and, and helping them prevent problems that are preventable. And that being just really improving health and understanding how just these simple things like nutrition and exercise are the real, the real beginning of, of harnessing the health the best you can. And then but also understanding that the environment has a lot of stressors and influences in our life today that do play a role in, in affecting how a cell adapts to change and may not take the right route in, in, in being a healthy cell. So there's just so much that you know, that we're continuing to learn and to learn how natural rhythms in from as the sun sets and the sun rises and how that has an effect, you know, with circadian rhythms and just so, you know, the respect for just how we've developed and basically the basic understanding of just the fact that just to make it very simple is understanding how photosynthesis plays a role in us understanding how cell metabolism is so important. And that's just the basis of sunlight and its effect it has on plant growth and how those plants take in carbon dioxide and water and they convert it into basically oxygen and glucose. And that's all about a transfer of electrons, basically. But that glucose in the plant then becomes that carbon source for the animal or for us to be utilized to, again, continue to transfer electrons and to inevitably help signal cells and have cells adapt and change the messaging that needs to occur for us to continue to grow in, in, a, in a healthy way. So it, it's that fascinating. And it really is humbling. Like I said, every time I think I know something so well, I find out that, oh my gosh, I've just touched the surface. That's what keeps driving you that we'll never know enough. 
but we'll keep learning to make things better. So that's kind of my drive and um, my passion. And it's why I think it's why the SSRP has excelled to the level it's at because there's, we're finding so many people with the same passion that want to learn that have had a taste of really where we really do show them how important metabolism is and they can understand it and how they can apply it. And it actually makes changes in patient care. You can't beat that. That's reality. And so when you can, when you have that effect, I don't, it doesn't matter who's out there and who else is saying whatever they want and how they're taking care of people this is what's working and this is what's changing lives. And so this movement is incredible and it, it's just exploding. And we're just so lucky to be chosen as the people that are leading these people in this direction. And you felt that fever this last week. I mean, I want to say I am so humbled by the emails, the messaging, the Instagrams, all of these things, all of this reinforcement that we've received is unprecedented. I've never seen it in the medical field before. I've never and seen it. Snail mail. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh my God, that's right. The mail that well, it actually the, came handwritten or hand signed, I should say. The, the personalized letters. I mean, who does that anymore? But that has to be, it, it's sending a message that we are, we are, we have a formula that's effective and, and it's just so respective of, I mean, we are hungry to help people. We are hungry. It's why we went into this field. We're hungry for information. And I think we're doing, uh, you know, the faculty of the SSRP and, and, and where we're headed in this direction in, in helping and working as a group and collaborating and that's the key. And, and so it all starts with metabolism and it all starts with that understanding of where does, where is, where every, you know, no, nobody spoke about metabolism before, but we did. And now it's the hottest topic in, or people are trying to make it their own, topic and make it into something that's already been there. It's been there for a long time. It's just about getting the information out to the public and, and explaining it in a way that is effective, um, that means something, right? That they can harness some of these little nuggets of understanding, okay, why is this so important? Well, I've talked about why it was important to me. So, now, maybe, I don't know if you're going to take me down this road, but maybe it's like, okay, well, what is metabolism and where is it important? What are the basics? And the real starting point is understanding that it's basically all about how energy from the sun transmits into signaling in the cell that directs the cell's genetic programming to kind of do what the cell is supposed to do in sending out signaling to the cell itself and other cells to function and adapt to life. Basically it's about adapting. That's a cell's basic function is it has to adapt to challenges and that's where things go wrong when it can't adapt. And so that's the, that is the real crux i think of understanding metabolism and and we can go i'll, I'll follow whatever questions you that, have but that's super cool doc i was just writing as you were talking i had a sticky question is would you say this is the first place that things go wrong and you just answered it well it is because it's all about cell redox and then people go oh no he said a word redox what the what the heck does that mean and well redox has always been a term that has been very important in biochemistry and in chemistry. And now it has become the word, I think, in defining health and homeostasis of a cell. Uh, uh, the center of a cell is all about trying to stay in a solid redox, meaning all it is is the transfer of electrons and protons. And, and basically it's keeping that transfer 
in a reasonable pattern that allows the cell to adapt and send signaling out. And that's it. I mean, redox, we get a lot more complicated in talking about it on the medical side, but redox is all about what we call oxidation and reduction. And it's just a transfer of electrons. That transfer of energy allows a cell to communicate with itself in its inside itself and communicate to other cells and disruption in communication leads to problems. And that's it. That's the basis of communication and how things go wrong and how that leads to disease. It leads to aging. It leads to disease. It leads to cancer. So the more you know about communication, the more you can take steps in improving communication. And that is where this concept of, you know, utilizing peptides and small molecules and supplements uh, reach their importance because that's how we can start manipulating redox in the favor of the cell where, where the cell really makes those decisions, but we're just helping it control that redox, meaning messaging. So maybe the best way to think about redox, it's all about messaging of a cell. And why is this important to us? Because we realize that messaging and communication, we already know that that's how the world works, right? Things work better when communication is better. It's no different in the cell. And so when we're trying to improve redox, we're trying to improve communication. And when we're trying to improve communication, communication is all about getting the right information. So we're all about providing the information that the cell needs to make good decisions. And that information can be influenced by cell signaling and these, hence these things we use, that being nutrition and exercise. Those add to information, they add to they give the cell the ability to make better decisions because it has more choices depending on the right nutrition and exercise. And so again, the cell can adapt. So I think that's, um, what a beautiful analogy just in cells and in life communication. That's kind of the key that allows you to work together really well. (laughs) So in case you need a reminder today, listeners, viewers communicate. <laughs> and make good decisions. <laughs> well, the well the cell. So so what's interesting? It communi- It is communication because the cell can can take some information. So if it has misinformation, that communication can occur, but in a bad way where it can make a cell go the wrong way. If that if it's misinformation, so you can look at misinformation as changes in redox. I mean, it, 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 it can be that simple, but I just want to make it sound. I wanted people to know it is, it's all about this messaging and this it's talking. It's actually what's really fascinating is how inside the cell you have these little organelles like mitochondria and endoplasmic reticulum and Golgi bodies and nucleus and how they all talk to each other because that's communication. Well, that's cell signaling. And that's influenced by this process where metabolism has a play with all of this. So, so it gets that significant. And I think, um, I think that just makes it more fascinating. That's a great way to describe it, doc. That's a fantastic way to describe. Would you say doc that peptides, knowing this information, peptides are cell communicating agents. So, yeah, so they can be many. So, yes, they're communicating agents. They're, they can be a cell's way to better listen to itself. So they can be receptors or ligands. They can make this or enzymes that can make the cell listen better to messaging. Or they can be direct signaling agents to affect how that cell communicates to or, or how maybe the mitochondria communicates to the nucleus and says, we need to get our game plan right. Because, you know, so think of this, the nucleus of the cell is where basically we generate 
where DNA is the beginning of information that the cell is going to be utilizing to make messaging, basically. Just, just think of it like that. And that DNA, that so that nucleus is very important in what it's going to do with how it takes that DNA and then ultimately messages the cell, other organelles in the cell or other cells information. Well, the mitochondria, which is a, a cell that is very specific in utilize in metabolism in taking that sunlight eventually and making it into and transferring electrons and so forth and making energy but also sending messages to the nucleus to say hey we need to adapt to some changes and you need to up your game and you need to send out this messaging that's pretty cool and actually the what's even cooler is this communication goes back and forth. The nucleus will will send messaging back to the mitochondria. The mitochondria will send messaging to the nucleus. And the more, so you can understand, the more we know about that messaging and what occurs, the more influence we can have on better understanding how the cell requires uh, specific needs to improve its efficiencies because it really does come down to efficiencies of the cell and what that cell. So when we say metabolism, it's about how the cell is utilizing whatever you're putting in your mouth. Remember it, it started with the sun and went into the plant and it took in CO2 and it took in water and it got, it pushed out oxygen and then it kept glucose in its, in, in the cell itself. And that glucose is, is then going into your mouth, basically, either through directly as a plant or through a secondary source in an animal that ate that plant, basically. So that energy is being transferred and then it gets into your mouth. It gets absorbed in the stomach or, or the, the colon, eventually the gut. And it's metabolized as glucose. And that glucose goes through something that we call glycolysis. And then in combination with oxygen that we breathe, it goes into a mechanism of where we go through something called the Krebs cycle and then oxidative phosphorylation, which is really where the messaging occurs. And that's where it gets really, really interesting. And, and it's that it's something we call the proton motive force and oxidative phosphorylation. And that is pretty, that is pretty significant. And when we're talking about messaging. That is so freaking cool, Doc. Um, you are totally, I hate to say this, but what I call Sesame Streeting it for me. So I have never heard you talk about it in this way that is so understandable for metabolism. And I love how you're taking it a step further and, and rede- I wouldn't say redefining it. You're, 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 defining it even further in what metabolism is is the creation of energy but also it's the it sounds like there's a lot to do with the communication of your cells well it's taking the creation of energy from the sun and converting it into energy that we can utilize in the body that then becomes messaging in the body basically and messaging in the cell because the cell the cell continues to adapt to to life. It just can't stay stagnant. It's constantly going through cycles of growth and change or adjustment and adapting to whatever the stressors are, either waking up in the morning or dealing with um, bacterial infections, viral infections, radiation, solar radiation, um, the food we eat is something we have to adapt to. Uh, you know, it, you you could go on and on and on. Um, temperature. So it's everything is a stressor to the body, and it's how we adapt. Whether it's a cell in the brain, a cell in the liver, a cell in the heart, a cell in muscle, they all have their ways of adapting to the stressors, and and so that's why. We need stress 
to signal, but we need that signaling to be appropriate. And so, again, it just depends on the, the environment. And to make it very simple, let's just say we understand what metabolism is, and let's just keep it very simple with glucose. So metabolism is all about utilizing glucose, but really a cell has a choice to use glucose. It has a choice to use um, protein, meaning amino acids that it can make into glucose, or it has the ability to use fatty acids, which come from fat, where fatty acids can be manipulated into a food source that is of, of even higher quality for the cell. And especially when it's mixed with oxygen, it can be a very efficient source of energy. And, and so usually fat is stored energy. Right. So it's interesting how the body has, the cell has the choice when it's healthy to decide how it wants to use glucose or proteins or fatty acids to make appropriate decisions to adapt to whatever it needs to. So it's really fascinating that the cell has flexibility in making those decisions. So this is why when communication, if the cell doesn't have that flexibility to communicate, then you're going to have problems. Well, it's that communication flexibility is all about its ability to utilize the fatty acids when it wants to, the glucose when it wants to, and the protein when it wants to. And it's that simple. But it can be extremely complex when it comes down to how it does utilize all of those what we call substrates or food sources or energy. And there lies the problem. So if we think in those terms, let's just keep it simple and say, okay, well, you talked about the sunlight. You talked about how a plant basically is a glucose molecule that you put in your body and that let's say you just start stuffing your body with just glucose, 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 glucose. Well, the, the cell can handle that and it has the ability to utilize it in through metabolism, through glycolysis, and then take it through the Krebs cycle and oxidative phosphorylation and make energy. But if it just keeps and it can adapt to even more of it and it can slow some things down to adapt. But if you overwhelm it with too much glucose, then there's a lot of feedback that happens. And then that's when the nucleus and the mitochondria talk to each other and say, Hey, something's not right here. You're just overwhelming me. Can we slow things down? And the nucleus says, okay, I got some ideas. And then but you're not listening and the body just keeps eating and eating and eating. And, and so you flood the system with, with, with too much of one messaging agent basically, and it can't take it. And it, so it has to deal with it. And that's where you start getting things like insulin resistance and diabetes and which can lead to diseases because you've overwhelmed the cell it no longer has the flexibility to make decisions or to communicate. And hence, you have more problems that can even lead to cancer and death. So that's kind of the crux of how it, it, it's all about cell communication and the basics of how the cell utilizes the simple energy from the sun. And because you know, you, when you say, well, gosh, doc, when you talk about proteins, well, proteins are made in, they come in many amino acid aspects that can be made into glucose and just the same as fat can be made into energy. That cell decides how it wants to use those things. And that's so important to understand because when a cell loses its flexibility, it becomes very stringent and it wants to survive. So here's the cool thing about a cell. A cell is so inherently smart that it does not want to die. It wants to survive the best it can because that's what it's trained to adapt and survive. So if you see people that, you know, when you get sick, when you, when people get fevers and they get ill, what happens? Well, we tend to not want to eat. 
we tend to kind of slow down. We tend to be very, our energy levels kind of sink. And the reason is because the cell says, okay, I'm overwhelmed, but I want to survive and I'm going to shut down a little bit so I can handle the situation for a while and regroup. And that's what's happening. And in fact, that's what happens. So it happens on that level when you're, so it's while you're sick. That's so cool. While you're sick, your cell is actually, it's planning mode of, okay, how are we going to adapt? I've dampened everything down. How am I going to adapt to this infection or this change? And how am I going to fight back? And it usually has those mechanisms to do it. And then you bounce back out and then you have more energy and things are getting better. Well, when people have, when they're overwhelmed and you have immune responses and you start to develop autoimmune diseases or you develop these overwhelming problems like cancer, what happens? The cell really says, well, geez, I really want to survive. I'm going to just, I'm going to, at all costs, I'm just going to really get in a mode where I can control myself and screw the rest of the body. If it needs a lot of stuff, I'm going to survive for this reason. And so a lot of things slow down and it's why you can't, it's why people can't bounce out of stuff. They can't, they feel fatigued. They feel brain fog. They feel like they're just not performing because they can't, because the cell's not ready to adapt like that. And in cancer, the cell gets very specific to just that cancer. And all that cancer wants to do is survive and grow. So all the energy goes to that cancer. It's really fascinating when you when you look at it in this fashion and, and how significant metabolism is, then all the answers. Nice big smile. So then we work on trying to influence the decision of the cell to maybe up its game again and provide more signaling and communication so that we can start responding to what our needs are in the environment and how we wake ourselves up basically. And and that's part of, that's a big part of post COVID syndrome right now. It's a big part of um, CRIS. It's a part of, they're all intertwined. This messaging is all, all has relevance. And the, the more you understand, or we understand about it, the more we can do to help people in this treatment pattern, in these treatment patterns. And it's why I think back in 2020, when we had one of our, or when we were just starting to discuss the relevance of COVID and we, in the SSRP, we talked about, Hey, here it's, it's coming and you can't, and, and we were right. And we need to be prepared. And we laid out some pretty interesting pathways of, I think preparing people for what was coming. And I think we were right on track with doing the things to improve metabolism, improve the signaling of the immune system, not upregulating it, but keeping it so it could talk with metabolism to make things to prepare people for potential problems. And, and therein lies the secret. It's all about communication. It's all about those that having the ability to see that. And, and I, I think that's playing a, a tremendous role right now um, in where we're headed with what we've done so far in, uh, in enlightening our, our, all the rest of our healthcare providers on metabolism and, and that influence of signaling and, 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 um, communication of the cell. That is freaking awesome, Doc. Um, I went into this thinking, okay, here's my research on this. And you've totally just uh, kind of took it in a direction I, I, number one, was not expecting. And number two, totally makes sense and solidifies the fact that metabolism is everything and and why it's been so important in, in the things that you've done for me, for your patients, for every single one of your patients. Um, it's just, this is Dr. Seeds is metabolism. He's all about metabolism. And I started that episode with it and now it's solidified. So doc, if you're not sick and you're not low energy and you're just a person that's, that's relatively healthy, 
can you tell if like cell metabolism is not working optimally if we're not in that redox state? So we know preferences that a cell has in wanting to stay efficient. And that has to do with fat oxidation. So fat oxidation just means that the cell is utilizing fat as a primary energy source to signal the cell itself and send messaging out to other cells based on using fat as a primary source, but also using glucose and also using proteins, but having the ability and flexibility to use that as a, a good source of energy. And that abil the ability of the cell to do that means flexibility. So we know that that's a primary process of what the cell wants. Well, how do we improve oxidation of fat? Well, it also depends on how you eat. It depends on how you sleep. It depends on exercise. So, so all these things are focused, you know, the better you stay in circadian rhythms, meaning, you know, you follow the cycle of light, you go to bed when it gets dark, you wake up when the sun rises, your body is meant then to utilize energy at those times. It's meant to oxidize fat in specific times. You, you oxidize fat much easier in the morning than you do at night. That's why exercising in the morning can be much more beneficial than exercising at night. I mean, there's all these little cool things that you can put together and start to realize how timing is everything and how we talk about that in the SSRP and how we instruct and show what a significant change that makes in basically in life. And, and so then types of exercise, you know, not just aerobic exercise, but what type of aerobic exercise? Is it walking or is it high intensity? So everybody thinks that going on a treadmill and dropping dead on a treadmill, running as hard as you can or on a bike or, you know, beating yourself up that you're going to start losing weight. Wrong. Because that type of exercise does other things. It's still good for you. It, it, it improves oxygen consumption. It improves mitochondrial function. It does some things to improve mitochondrial biogenesis that eventually do utilize fat a little bit. But that exercise in itself is doing nothing other than sucking up all the glucose it can right away because you're putting high demands on the body. Better idea is to just walk for 45 minutes at a nice pace because you're going to be the preferential fuel source is going to be fat. So contrary to thought, it's people walking every day for long distances are going to be much more efficient at utilizing fat than those people that go in the gym and beat themselves up on a bike every day and think they're doing something of that value when they're not. But it's still a good exercise if you know why you're utilizing it. It's the ability to mix in those type of exercises, which I would call more high intensity, which can be very, very valuable because they can improve that flexibility of the cell to then use its substrates at a later time. But also then exercise in not aerobic or anaerobic capacity, but what are you doing for resistance? What are you doing with muscle? What is the importance of muscle? And oh my gosh, muscle leads us down a bigger pathway of metabolism that is so vital to cell signaling where muscle cells themselves will send out hundreds of these myokines are called exerkines. There's all kinds of names for them, but a lot of them are peptides by the way, and they are signaling cells to do amazing things in the brain, in the heart. And it's why exercises, it's why muscle exercise, resistance exercise is so important. And it makes sense because as we get older, what happens? We lose muscle mass. We become sarcopenic. We become less able to adjust and adapt to life it's because part of it's because we're losing muscle and that's just the beginning of it we're losing muscle we're losing bone mass we're losing other things that we discuss you know in depth and so forth but 
it's just that again, it's that next step in metabolism in understanding how those play a role in cell adaption. And, and it's why we spend so much time, you know, talking about those things. And rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, this is, oh my gosh. Wow. We are running out of time. Unfortunately, um, we have so many other questions, but I loved what you said about the types of exercises and how certain types of exercises are going to want fat over. I mean, that's just like mind blowing. It's crazy oh. doc. Well, the more, you, out on me. the more you understand that, then you can start understanding how like, like COVID, let's take, for instance, COVID. COVID and viruses, what do they want? They want glucose, but they don't want fatty acids because fatty acids can make the cell more efficient, can help it make better decisions so it can fight off viruses and bacterial infection. Well, the cells are driven to be more glucose oriented. And what do we do sometimes in hospitals? We give people IVs full of glucose. So we're feeding the fire. We're doing nothing to stop a process of where we have to be very vigilant and understanding what we're feeding. That's just a simple concept. It's something, it's a simple concept, but it's a, it's an understanding where metabolism is so important. And, and a big point we brought up in our first paper about other alternate fuel sources like ketones that can bypass that and how fatty acids and ketones can make a bigger difference in, in efficiencies. And we, we, it's been proven and how that improves immune cell function because immune cells have to mature. And if immune cells are just, if they don't have the ability to utilize higher energy sources, they can't mature into the important cells they need to be. So it it really gets very, it sounds all complex, but it can be broken down into very simple discussion points that I think we've brought about here that hopefully will get people more interested in where we're headed and that Absolutely, is doc. yeah that's a continued better understanding of um of really what's happening and and i all i would say, all i'd say is we're still learning i mean it, it helps when people know why they're doing a certain thing and and i know it helps for me personally it's just when i know that something is happening because i'm you know putting some time in then it makes it easier to do i I don't need the extra oomph the push to to make it happen so i hope this makes that same type of difference to our listeners and viewers doc mind-blowing episode today i gotta say one of your best yet (laughs) thank you so much for this incredible metabolism 101 for us I had a lot to learn from this, and I want to thank you for that, uh, folks. As a as our as our medical disclaimer, everything that you've heard and seen today, definitely chat with your physician before moving forward with it. But I hope you do take some walks because we want to utilize that fat without the advice of your <laughs> physician. <laughs> a walk might be good for us, and then get, let's get that sun, but make sure you wear sunblock. Doc, thank you so much. We will be back next week with another episode. I think we got to continue this thing down because we just started and I have a whole slew of questions we didn't get to. So stay tuned, folks, for Dr. Seeds' life's work as we continue on. Thanks so much today, Doc. Thank you, Karen. I hope it made sense and I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. So thank you.